We're back on the Exit 52 podcast brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood. My name is Jake Luke. I'm joined by Barstool Banks. The boys are here to recap the fact that the Ravens could not stop the steal on January 6th. Steelers win 17 to 10. Brian, how are we doing? I'm doing great. Like, this doesn't phase me whatsoever. I'm laughing at all of it. Like, even the statistics coming out that we've lost seven of eight to the Steelers. Yeah, that's frustrating. We hate that. We hate the Steelers. But the context behind all of it, all those football games that are just fraudulent football games that mainly don't matter in the long run and where we're at as a franchise and they're at, we earn the right to laugh at today's football game and just enjoy it. And it was a spectacle. It was a disgusting football game and it didn't go our way. And I'm a little disappointed by that. Um, you can really point at two plays by Marcus Williams. That could have changed the entire course of the game. But um, congrats to the Steelers. Congrats on a 10-win season. Just DeLulu left and right. Keep keep that train going, baby. Keep it going. Yeah, that's kind of what Spenny and I were getting into on the preview show. Like this this franchise, that you know, Mike Tomlin, awesome coach, deserves all his flowers, I think. But this is just not going to be a serious franchise and a serious rivalry until they play a game where A, Lamar Jackson is healthy, and B, the Steelers have a serious option at quarterback. And if they want to delulu themselves into thinking that it is Mason Rudolph, I don't think they're going to. They're not stupid, but like, you know, if they want to walk away from that game thumping their chest and whatever, you know, I we'll see what happens next time they play. Maybe that'll be in the postseason. Maybe it'll be next year. I'm kind of hoping that it does get back to the level that it used to be at because it just feels like, and you touched on the seven of eight thing. Again, congrats to them. They do own the Ravens. I will, I will concede that. They certainly do, just based upon the scoreboard. But you know, it's just been a weird, weird run of games here with this rivalry recently where it's a lot of Tyler Huntley, a little bit of Anthony Brown at times. You had the uh, RG3 COVID matinee, then RG3 again uh, in the meaningless game that the Ravens actually won. So, yeah, kind of kind of just walking away from it. Glad that it seems that everyone on the Ravens side came away mostly healthy. There were a couple nicks in the game, a couple fumbles, which wasn't great to see from a, a few of the guys, yeah. but that seemed to be a, a, a sort of a, you know, uh, a trend out there with... Steelers losing the ball too as well. Just slick, sloppy conditions. Our uh, on, on the ground reporter Spencer Schultz uh, not going to be able to make this one. He was at the game. I imagine he's trudging down the ramp just beside himself right now because I know he wanted that one big time. Uh, and I did, you know, I did too. Would have been would have been fun to get the win, but they don't. And uh, it feels like now all attention turns to uh, tomorrow. But we'll we'll certainly touch on that. I did want to quickly plug before we really officially get going here. Wednesday night, you got something going on. How about you tell us all about it? Yeah, Q&A with uh, our buddy Justin Matabike. Um, it's at Jimmy Seafood. It's, uh, it'll be a Q&A that I host myself, very similar to the, uh, the ones that uh, Eric has done with the likes of Cal Ripken, Grayson Rodriguez, etc. Um, you know, come on out. Uh, tickets are on the Jimmy's website. Uh, go find them. Uh, you get the opportunity to, to do a little meet and greet with Justin, uh, as well as get an autograph and a photo. Um, but mostly just kind of get to pick the brain of, uh, probably the biggest breakout player of the Ravens this year. Um, hopefully it'll be in this, you know, in the purple and black long-term, but, um, it'll be interesting to, to dive in and, and get to know him a little better because yeah, he's just burst on the scene in a way where it's been so sudden. And I don't know that many people know all that much about him. And so I'm excited to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. He's got, a, he's got an interesting background for sure. He's got some, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he came to the Ravens in an interesting way. I think he expected to go higher in the draft. Um, there's been some interesting stuff said about about him behind the scenes, too, and things that he's dealt with and everything. It just seems like a really good guy. He's worked hard to get to where he is. And uh, the sack numbers, what did he wind up with this season? Do you have the number off the top of your head? 
I think 13. Yeah. So there you I go. I don't think he got one today. Yeah. So, so he's, he's insane for somebody in the interior. And insane for the fact that the Ravens hadn't had a double-digit sack guy since T-Sizzle. So he comes in today yeah. uh, or he comes in this season and does that. Uh, Jadavian Clowney. So close today to getting that double digit number. He did get the uh, he did get the escalator in his contract for getting the one, which was awesome to see. He was just absolutely firing off, just so happy uh, happy to have gotten that, and it, it was cool to see the uh, the national media sort of catching on to that and having some fun with it. But uh, yeah, overall, just overall thoughts on the uh, the game itself. I know it didn't mean anything. We still hate the Steelers, all that kind of stuff. But uh, we, you know, just one word to describe this one off the top of the dome. Slot fest. That's one word. Yeah. It's a slot fest. Yeah, it was exactly what what was forecasted. Um, over, under, hammered the under all day on that. It was 33 and a half, I think, by game time. Uh, neither team could really move the football anywhere, but pretty close to the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field. A lot of dump downs, a lot of run the football. I'm a little disappointed, I'll say, in the way that they were able to run it right down our throats a lot. Um, so I guess that'd be like one thing to, I don't know if it's a takeaway, but just kind of like, ah, I wish we could have been, you know, kind of, you know, filled the, the box a little more and, and stuffed them and really slowed them down. But at the end of the day, it's the big play to, to Johnson that really was the difference, um, as well as the fumble by Gus. Um, the fumbles even, like, uh, do we get all that concerned about the fumbles, Jake? Like, I, like Gus Edwards, two weeks in a row, it's like a, a mini pattern, but at the same time, you'd rather have him, like – not shoe off the fumble last week because now he's done it a second time and he's going to be on full attention, probably carrying the bread basket around uh, the castle the next two weeks. And I just can't see him doing it again when, when all the lights are on. Yeah. I think that that definitely is um, something to, to make note of for sure. But yeah, I think like to your point, he'll be okay long-term. Like, I just don't think that that's something that you can walk away from and be like, Oh, that's fine. Whatever. Like, I think he will be focused on it. Just like this overall loss, like, Probably part of 2019 was, oh, my God, our backups went out there and beat them. Like, we're, we're good. We got this. And they talked about it. Marlon Humphrey said on Punchline, like, they just weren't as focused going into that game against the Titans in 2019. They've seemed focused, you know, all the way through up to this one. And, you know, maybe a loss here maybe sets the perspective a little bit that, yeah, like, you know what? The Steelers are a real NFL team. You're going to have to play a real NFL team in the divisional round, maybe an even better one than this probably an even better one than this is my guess. So, you know, just keep focused, stay locked in. But yeah, overall, Gus with the fumble was tough. Melvin Gordon had one early too. That seemed to put him in the doghouse a little bit, which is where Gus's involvement kind of seemed to stem from a little bit late in that game. I was kind of curious, like, John, what are you doing? Like, why are you putting him out there? Gus, like, they've barely used him in those situations where it's like first and, you know, 10 or second and eight or whatever on a uh, on the opponent's side of the field. It's been a lot recently of like, hey, he, we're not going to use him much throughout the game. And then, you know, third and one, fourth and one, fourth and goal, whatever it is late in the game, you bring him in there and just have him be that battering ram. So I don't know if that was a little bit of the old John coming out doing the doghouse thing, um, but I, I certainly hope not. But I guess, I guess it doesn't really matter at this point because every game is going to matter from here on out. So, like, it's just kind of smoke him if you got him from here going forward. Yeah, it didn't seem like the the time to be doing the doghouse thing. I, I was a little bit not happy about how much Gus Edwards we were seeing. Like, obviously he brought a lot more to the table than, than, uh, Gordon did throughout the game. Uh, gave it, obviously gives us our best chance to win, but like at what cost, like you saw what happened to, to TJ Watt, um, obviously totally different scenario, but just a, a lesson in the sense of like, Hey, like 
that easily could have happened to Gus Edwards. It could have happened to a variety of different players. It didn't happen. I thought for the most part, John did all the smart things about keeping guys off the, off the field. Um, but, uh, I mean, we had the one injury to Phillips that seemed to bring Patrick Queen back in the game, um, towards the end quite a bit, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shell squad. Like you feel, feel good about the effort from a lot of guys. Obviously we got the opportunity. This was a big takeaway. If there are any takeaways, Trenton Simpson, I mean, he was, he was a real dog in the second half there. I mean, he was flying around. Uh, we're going to get to a crossroads here with Patrick queen and he may be a pretty similar player to Patrick queen where we can feel comfortable kind of letting him, him go. Cause we're, in one of those scenarios where we have a lot of guys and guys are going to be looking to get paid and you can't keep them all. And, and that's probably a good sign to, to see that you've got a guy um, who brings a lot of speed at the linebacker position. I mean, yeah, you had a free, free run at the quarterback on, on the sack on Rudolph, but um, there were some other plays where he made some big time tackles a lot in the similar ways towards the sideline and the flats. Like uh, we've seen Patrick queen do all season. Yeah. He looked like Patrick queen did in 2020 where it was a lot of just like ping your ears back run forward. And I think queen had a couple sacks that year and he was obviously good playing behind the line of scrimmage. It was the stuff kind of out in the open field. That was the concern. So maybe he'll follow that kind of similar career arc. And I don't expect him to even be as good. He was a third round pick out of Clemson. You know, it's kind of like, it's not really the same thing as a first rounder who was 20, you know, coming out of LSU, one of the youngest players to ever be drafted. And, uh, he came into a different situation as well, where he didn't get pressed into the fire immediately, which is nice. He could effectively kind of redshirt this year. And yeah, like we mentioned in the preseason, he did not look very good. He looked lost at times. I think Jonah Schaefer tweeted something to the effect that it was night and day from then to now. So yeah, good to see him balling out, man. He uh, And in clutch situations too, like he wasn't letting the uh, the big moments and the bright lights of this absolutely just, you know, catastrophically important game getting to him. So good to see. It's a national crowd. You know, true. All lights are on, sure. So, um, and it's a rivalry game. I mean, even like, geez, you could. I, I I just remember reading earlier in the game, somebody brought back up the whole like Patrick Queen and Mike Tomlin early in his career shit talking, where Tomlin tells him he's not a Raven and all that good stuff. Um, I, I I like to think that the young guys come in after having watched in their childhood, knowing what this type of game means and have that kind of heightened sense of awareness and bring the intensity. And he's a guy who I would say definitely brought it today. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, and the, the Mike Tomlin stuff, like we can, we can calm down with some of it. Like, and I, I appreciate the broadcast doing what they're doing, praising him. He deserves praise and all that, whatever. But like the, some of his comments about, oh, they'll burn the house down. They don't play four quarters, all that kind of stuff. Like, dude, get your own house in order here. All right. And we'll see what happens in the postseason. I get it. But like, man, to the overall conversation we were having to start the show, like the, the Steelers doing all this talking and you're not a Raven and this and that. Like it, it, this is this is an operation that is just kind of skin a marinky dinky dink the last uh, the last several years at this point, just pretty much since Big Ben. So and I think it kind of showed in this game a little bit at times. They could barely get past this Ravens team. Like, you know, and like I said, all credit to them, but uh, I, I'm just not, I, I'm not really feeling this Mike Tomlin love fest the same way some people are. If he gets a serious quarterback again, I'm sure he'll be something to be feared. But like, this is just not a story that really, you know, kind of registers for me. Since, like, since Big Ben is is kind of a little generous because it's the, the last three or so years of the Big Ben era were, I mean, just 
more delusion about what he was capable of doing and when they needed to to make a move on just at least pipelining a quarterback. So every chance I get, I bring up just like first couple weeks of 2019, Big Ben has that like elbow injury that takes him out for the year. And that's that's like high time to just pack it in and just see the writing on the wall. Yeah, they have like a, a pretty good defense as they typically do. And they had it that year, but they go and they trade their first rounder for Micah Fitzpatrick. Insane move. Like I, I said it then and I've said it for four years now and it's helped them to be a little more relevant with a kind of irrelevant team overall because of that big question mark at the quarterback position. And wouldn't you know it, the first five quarterbacks taken in the 2020 NFL draft, and they had a shot at a couple of these players when they picked in the second round, uh, or at least one of them. But, I mean, Joe Burrow first overall. Uh, Tua, I think, went five. Herbert went six. Uh, Jordan Love, who in the second half of this season, and I've watched a lot of Packer football games, uh, including a game at Lambeau in um, November, he looks awesome. Like he really does. I mean, he still will make a throw here and there where it's kind of like, eh, but he looks really impressive. Uh, and then Jalen Hurts late in the second round. And that was high time for them to, to get their house right and get a long-term future set up for themselves. And they've been spinning their wheels since. They, you know, went, did the whole, like, what, 11 and 0 start thing. That was a complete, one of the most fraudulent starts that's ever happened and finished one, one and five or, whatever. So I, I just enjoy just like, I am so comfortable, like with a, like losing games like these because we've earned the right to just sit back and be like, good for you guys, man. It's just super. It's nice. kind of like, a, it's a little pat on the head thing. It's kind of like what yeah. your, uh, your, your boss man there is doing to our guy, big Ev right now with the Michigan, Ohio state stuff. Yeah, I mean, I wish we could say that we're punking them along the way, and we're not. And yeah, the loss in early October was extremely frustrating. Uh, that sucked. And um, I suppose when you walk away from that game, like, you know what's funny about that loss? Right there, but like, you know what's funny about that loss? I had the wrong box score up for this game because guess what the score was in that one? Seventeen fourteen. Was that seventeen fourteen? I think it was 17-10 off the top of my head. I think it, yeah, I think it was 17. Or 17 I'm yeah. getting it mixed up. Yeah, no, I, my brain scrambled. So there you go. Two games, both 17-10, to 10, both Steeler victories. And yeah, I mean, you had that, that first one. We can go back to that where the Ravens shot themselves in the foot so many times that I don't think they had a foot left. I mean, this was not a Plaxico Burris situation. This was like if Plaxico Burris had like a, you know, MG42 and was just holding the trigger down. And then, you know, we had this one, obviously, where it is Huntley. And some of the guys were out there. I mean, you had Isaiah likely scoring that touchdown. He just continues to look really, really good. So that was nice to see him pull through a couple of guys, break some tackles, and kind of keep his run of form going. So good to keep him fresh and ready for the playoffs because I think he is going to be a big piece no matter who they play. And then I guess the uh, the question becomes, Mark Andrews, is he going to return at any point? I'd probably place my money on the AFC Championship at the ex- absolute earliest. But it's a question to be question to be put out there. I heard a, like a week ago that he was he was about three weeks away, so that lines up with the divisional round. But obviously, there's a lot of uh, rehab to continue to progress. But he's been in the building consistently, just working at it. You know, circa Trello in 2003, hyperbaric chamber type of shit. Like he wants it bad. He wants to get back out there and be a factor. But uh, yeah, I guess another takeaway is, is like 
Isaiah Likely just continues to be the guy that we saw in the preseason a year ago and proved to be a very capable tight end one. And uh, it's a good problem to have when Andrews gets back out there. Like, how do you find ways to to kind of force multiply, you know, their, both their existence? Like, how do you leverage that and, and make it dangerous? It's a great problem to have. So, um Something that's interesting going into the postseason here. Um, looks like looks like John's got the boys practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. I think they got the week off in 2019. So a um, little bit of a course reversal there. I don't know, uh, you know, how much that like that 2019 playing out that way weighed on John's decision. But you got to think that it did, um, which is, you know. Cool. Like, have at it. I, I encourage them to do everything different than they did four years ago. Yeah, and I'm glad they're talking about it openly and not just saying, like, oh, well, it's different this yeah. time, this, that, and the other. They seem very conscious of it. Like I said, Marlon was on with Jack on Punchline, and, he, you know, he made some comparisons, and he was like, yeah, you know, it, it definitely was. We definitely lost our focus a little bit, and he even said it at the time, and I think this was not super well-received. Our identity now is to get to the playoffs and to choke. And as much as Marlon can joke around and be this, that, or the other guy, like that was very candid uh, of him to put that out there that way. And I don't think I love the quote at the time, but I mean, damn, he kind of proved to be proved to be pretty correct because since then they were what one and one or one and two in the playoffs, and before then it was zero and two. So you know, it's time to uh, take this loss, dust it off, do what you can with it, and um, move forward because they're going to have a, uh, like I said, a much more serious opponent probably that they're going to have to face here in the divisional round, whether it will be your guy Joe uh, or some other team. I think it is the uh, the lowest remaining seed comes to play the one seed, if I'm correct. I don't know if you know off the top of your correct. head. Correct. So, yeah. It, so, correct. So, the, so, given the Steelers' uh, win today, the Bills are now in that um, – they're currently in the two or seven seed scenario. There is no scenario other than I think a couple ties have to happen, some real wacky shit for them to land on the six seed. So they're either going to be two seeds, seven seed, or out. Right. So that game tomorrow night always had big implications kind of indirectly for the Ravens, um, just with the way that the seeding was going to play out. But even more so now, um, I believe – if the Titans beat the Jaguars, the Bills are in the playoffs and a loss of the Dolphins would put them in that seven seed. I don't see the Jaguars losing that game with a division on the line for them. So realistically, it's going to be a Bills in or out situation. Fins up, night, fins which up. Is, which is nuts, man. But that also um, should it play out that way, I think leads to a... Steelers would be in situation so that almost becomes like do you want the Steelers to make the playoffs at the price of you know or the benefit of having the bills out potentially or like I would say I mean I would say unequivocally yes I wouldn't yeah I welcome them to and in that scenario if the bills were to get booted out the Steelers would be going to Miami um which, like, there's a long shot. I don't see the Steelers beating the Dolphins. But if they do, guess who's coming to Baltimore? It's wild. I mean, this division was uh, – this was really something this year with the Bengals fighting pretty much tooth and nail to the last minute there with Jake Browning. And they obviously don't get in. But I don't know if the math could have worked out that four four teams from the same division could get out now that they have the seven seed. I guess it could in theory. But, 
it would have uh, would have taken a miracle. But yeah, I mean, you've got the Steelers. I think they're probably going to get in. Would be my guess. And then obviously the Brownies have already locked it up. They rested their starters, or they will tomorrow. So. Yeah, gonna be. It would be quite a story if Flacco were to come to town. It would be also quite one if the Steelers were to make it. But yeah, overall, I think you're kind of looking at uh, probably a, a team like the Jaguars coming in there for that divisional round, which would be uh, which would be something. I know the uh, the Ravens kind of went went into Duval and punked them last time, but they're getting Christian Kirk back, and uh, you know they've got Trevor Lawrence. I know people have said some things about him. I've always been a big fan. Doug Peterson has obviously done this before. He's won a Super Bowl, so it's just one of those things where. Kind of like, just like the team is going to do, you can't overlook any opponent at this point. Just kind of like it felt like they did four years ago. We're going to keep talking about it. Uh, and I think it's healthy to talk about it. You, you, you just got to play it one game at a time, one week at a time. And I feel like with what we've seen from Lamar Jackson on these mic'd up videos and everything that are coming out, it seems like he's locked in. He's got that mindset that he needs. And I do like the idea of practicing them throughout this week, at least halfway, because you, you just got to, you, you got to keep knocking that rust off and just, you know, keep ready to go forward because it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a dogfight no matter what I think. I, whatever that divisional matchup is, I'm probably going to predict a close game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I uh, can't look or overlook anybody. I don't think anybody had very high hopes for a Titans team that season that uh, if I remember, yeah, no, they, they, they punked a bad, bad Patriots team to get to the game where that, that brought us, brought them to Baltimore. Um, I think realistically, like, I think the Browns do go to Jacksonville and beat them there um, just with the way they're rolling. But um, gosh, there's so many scenarios that can play out and it's nice to be in that seat where you just don't have to worry about it. Um, And then like in 2019, there were two buys at the time. So um, like this one seed um, seat that we're in is an even better seat to be in than it was then. Yeah, no doubt. Um, So yeah, overall just going to be, Eyeing those playoff scenarios up. Are you doing your uh, your New York Times uh, playoff predictor? Are you, you getting deep on that lately? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I I came to the realization of of how how the uh, the Bills can't be the six seed and they're it's either two seven or out for them. So I mean, that's kind of fun. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. The one thing that it doesn't give me, and I was looking for this during the game. Um, that predictor or simulator does not have a tie option for games. Cause I wa- I was loving the idea. If this game, the Ravens and Steelers were to end in the tie, I think that would almost be more satisfying because that would just frustrate the shit out of them. Like if they lost, they'd be like, okay, we're just like, uh, all right, we just didn't have it and we lost and that sucks. But a tie would just drive them nuts. Yeah. That and uh, I, I wish I, I was looking to figure out what the scenarios would have been from there, um, but obviously couldn't figure them out. Um, but then the Colts, <laughs> the Colts Texans game that's getting underway here, uh, them them tying would actually get the Steelers in the playoffs, which would be interesting. I, I maybe that's their one way to get to the six seed or the seven seed because I'm still trying to figure out what happens to the Bills if that tie happens, but. I don't know, man. There's a lot of permutations, a lot of permutations to consider. (laughs) A good permutation. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens between uh, the Stroud boys there and Mingshu. That'll be a fun one. I'm sure we'll get to that shortly here. Don't want to go too long on this, but just a couple more notes. I thought Delshawn Phillips looked really good uh, alongside uh, Trenton Simpson there um, as kind of a young guy to watch. And he's been, you know, bouncing around the roster in and out a little bit, but got to watch to make the team next year. Uh, And then, like we mentioned, Geno Stone, 
came up limping, limping after a play. He went to the medical tent. He came out. It appeared to be everything was okay. Um, and it looks like I, they never said anything on this, but do you see that long Justice Hill run where he kind of got up and he looked a little hobbled? I don't know what happened there, but nothing out on him yet. Yeah, I mean, he stayed in the game, too. Um, it was two minutes, I, so I think he had to, but... Yeah, it was it was kind of a funky situation, but Harbaugh did say at the podium, it, yes, it is a little too early to say, you know, 100% for sure, but he feels as though they got out of that game unscathed. Some nicks and bruises, as would come, you know, happen at every game, but none of the things, the little things that happened along the way... He, he seemed to say that he, there's not a ton of concern for any any of those situations. So Yeah, and shout out to uh, Spenny's guy, J.J. Watt, or T.J. Watt, of course, had a big game today with a couple of sacks, but he did leave this one with a knee injury. I think he went back to the locker room. It was announced as an MCL sprain, I think. So he's probably going to miss some time. I mean, they're they're if they're going to be in the playoffs here, they got a quick turnaround. They're going to be playing again shortly. So they... Uh, it's they, a grade three sprain, is, is the report, which is, that's actually like a tear. So yeah. he's... Yeah, no, he's in big trouble there. Um, so that that takes a lot of teeth out of that team if they were to play next week. Yeah, their pass rush looked pretty good throughout the day. They were kind of collapsing the pocket on Huntley. He wasn't able to do much. It didn't really look like they were trying to do much. I think Monken was keeping it pretty vanilla. It was a lot of tight ends over the middle and Aguilar over the middle when they were able to succeed. They tried a few shots outside. Laquan Treadwell got a catch in this game. That might, might be his first catch since like 2016 uh, in, in regular NFL action. So that was good to see. They lined up Malik Cunningham at wide receiver at one point, uh, which is interesting. But how are you feeling overall about Huntley? This was, you know, if I had to guess, I'd probably think this was his last game in purple and black. I would agree with that. And, um, I would say he looked exactly like he has pretty much throughout his career. You, we, we know what type of throws he can make. There's not a ton of, of special plays that he's able to make with his arm. Um, I would have loved to have seen where he could have gotten to or, or what he would have done the, with the slip up on that costly sack uh, late in the game. Um, but uh, saw him dump some throws that were kind of like, like the throw to Hill early in the game was a, was a really good throw. Um, that could have been big, um, but really didn't take many shots downfield. Um, hit hit the stuff between the numbers for the most part. Good throw to likely, um, but uh, just really unremarkable. And the weather, of course, was a factor. Um, but we pretty much got from him what you would expect to get from him. I was surprised they didn't run him a little bit more. I don't know if that's just a just for preservation's sake, um, because he uh, he by all means he is the backup going into the playoffs and i guess we got a little bit of a picture god forbid if something goes sideways in one of these playoff games happened in buffalo um what that might look like granted didn't have the full team out there around him but um if something happens to lamar of course um we're going to be holding our breath yeah, I think the uh, the lack of kind of QB running it might have been a ball security thing too. A lot of the uh, a lot of the Steelers like their early fumbles came when, and I think it might have had two on the same drive where it was uh, Mason like pitching it back to their running backs and they'd bobble the catch there. So they weren't going to do anything like that. It felt like a lot of just very standard get under center, hand it off to Gus, gain two yards, lose a yard, whatever. So nothing super creative going on in the run game. But like I said, I think that's fine protect the ball, try to get out of the game healthy. So overall, that's kind of what they did. And yeah, on Huntley, I think I said this like in the pregame uh, or the preview show, just a very solid backup. They they got him undrafted, you know, developed him pretty well over the couple of years, won a couple nice games for them. 
uh, and really stood in admirably. He got put in some shitty situations the last yeah. couple of years, and you, you got to, I think, overall just tip your cap to him. So if, if that was it, and honestly, I hope it was <laughs> the last time that we do see him, uh, unless they want to resign him, I'm not against that, but if they do want to roll with Cunningham, um, yeah, just overall, just a tip of the cap to Tyler Huntley, and I hope he, uh, hope he lands somewhere uh, that he's happy. I would agree with that for sure. I think he's going to get good backup money on the market. Um, it'll be interesting what team like kind of wants kind of sees him fitting into their the the skill set of the quarterback room and and the offense that if they want to run. I think Tampa Bay is going to roll with Mayfield. I could see that being a fit. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could see that. Um it was a little interesting. I, nobody seems to have really touched on this, but this was the first, you know, every other game that he has played regular season wise has been in Greg Roman's offense, which is a little more simplistic and probably tailored to his skill set. So, um it looked a lot like the same today um don't know how much that was by design how much of it was because of the weather um but uh really just kind of vanilla um and, and it did seem as though we kept you know we we ran a very vanilla playbook today like we didn't really show anything we didn't really do anything like crafty or unique like we didn't like get Aguilar motion with any jet sweeps or anything like that. Like we just ran right up the middle for the most part, you know, did the the five yard dump to the tight end in the middle of the field. Just nothing crazy. Don't know if that is a means to not put anything on tape or just by limited capabilities of the weather and, and Huntley, but um, you know, really not much more to say about it. Yeah. One last thought that I did have, we had QB one on the sideline out there looking just extra miserable in that weather. You know, he was not happy about that, but uh, good to see him out there supporting the guys. And of course, I know you had thoughts on uh, his choice of sideline snack. I didn't, I didn't quite see if he had a flavor going. Um, it looked like the, sunflower, the the vanilla, just the regular. Just the, yeah. The OG um, sunflower seeds. Hey, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a pastime activity. He just throws some seeds in. Uh, nice little snack gets gets the kind of the oral fixation going a little bit. Um, it's a good time. It's a good time. It just kind of keeps your mind off. Of th- it is it is a great thing to do when you're just trying to trying to keep your mind off of how miserable the weather is. And um, I get it, man. He had some the, he had some first base snack. coach vibes going today. Just the hood up, you know, just kind of just <laughs> chilling. Out. Yeah, got the seeds going. Yeah, so that was yeah, good. like a like a starting pitcher on an off day. Like yeah. he didn't even he's he wasn't charting either. Like he kind of kind of leaning against the dugout, you know, just pretending like you're interested, but you're really like trying to sweat out the hangover or whatever it might be. You know, that yeah, kind of like what's in that Gatorade cup, Lamar? Like who knows? Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, anything else on this one that you want to touch on? Hey, just overall thoughts on this regular season. What do you think? Awesome regular season. A lot of fun. Um, I see like a lot of the similarities with 2019 where you kind of feel out where you like who the team is for the first handful of weeks. And then it's like, well, things are going to ramp up against some very good teams. And then they just go on a ride that is just so fun. Um, I'm just so excited to see where this goes. I just think they're, they're so well-rounded. Um, and uh, I've, really really want a a home afc championship game the city the stadium deserves it needs it um it's long overdue so let's go make it happen yep well said my friend i think uh this is probably my favorite ravens team maybe ever Uh, like 2012 obviously is is right up there for me i don't remember 2000 very well so 2012 
obviously is uh, probably the GOAT overall, but that was a tough end of that regular season, man. They start 9-2, they just fall ass-backwards into the playoffs, and they refine their form. So that was much more of a roller coaster ride with a big dip. This kind of felt a little more like a uh, you go out there and you get battle-tested, right? You take a couple early losses in the season that had me really worked up and concerned. You lose to that Browns team in a weird game. We Good team. You need to tie our shoes, man. Tie your shoes, brush your teeth, make that bed. Shout out to Jordan Peterson and, of course, your guy Bailey Carlin, who, uh, you know, uh, who you love. And it was, uh, yeah, it was just kind of one of those things where it seemed like they, they learned that on the fly. And um, they took care of the teams they had to take care of. And then in those big games where I was concerned they weren't going to beat 49ers, they go out there and they take care of business in a big way on a national stage. They made a statement, make another statement against the Dolphins. And uh, it's it's going to be a lot of talk of, well, what team don't you want to play? And I think a lot of people will point to the Bills if they make it in. I'd certainly, I wouldn't want to play them, but you don't want to play the Ravens right now. I don't think because, you know, it goes back to this phrase that has been thrown around a lot to the point that it was on the AFC North uh, Mercs that was being sold. It's a lock. Lock it in, right? They, they feel locked into me. I, I, I'll say this too. 2019, I just the tailgate, the parking lot, the energy from the fans. Weird. We also, we also were way too comfortable. Yeah. Like we came into the stadium and we're like, ha we're in here for a show. We're going to wipe these guys up. We're going to be on our way. I think the stadium is going to bring it in a way that they did not in 2019. I mean, we we got put on tilt pretty early, just like with the with the Mark Andrews tip pass and like some things that happened early that maybe took the crowd out of it. But I think that we're gonna be pretty dialed in. Give me a um, uh, give me a, give me an afternoon game. I don't want another day where we're just waiting around all day and people are yeah. getting all fired up. And I, that might help with the crowd energy and everything. But I just want to get into that stadium and just get down to business because it felt like a lot of a lot of grab ass amongst the fans. Like for me. I will remember that day vividly meeting my buddies, meeting at my buddy's house in Patterson. Five degrees. Yeah, right. It was just a weird January day, you know, meeting at my buddy's house in Patterson. And we all, you know, Uber to the bar, go through the tunnel, and we're all just playing grab ass and like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. And just drinking buckets upon buckets of just dra- just soggy sorrows of Bud Lights that night. And uh, I think I was in 101 or something. Uh, yeah, just one of the one of the unequivocally worst days of my life. And I've lived a, a very good life as that statement entails. Uh, but yeah, I just want to just get in there, get down to business and then let's all just have some fun after it. If they do take care of business, that's all I want. Well said. Yeah. Let's make the bank, make the bank great again. There you go. Like we, we've, we have won so many of our biggest games on the road as a franchise. Let's make some memories, man. Let's make some memories at the bank. And they've been, uh, they've been probably the best road team in the league this year. I think I I did. I, I think all their losses came at home this year. Is that right? Or did they lose two? No, they lost to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. So yeah, two, two years. Seven and one, I believe on the road. Yeah. Three and three in the division, by the way. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's wild. But I mean, that goes back to what I was saying about this division. I mean, this is a bunch of, uh, this is a bunch of shit kickers, man. I mean, the Bengals were, they were no easy test in that week two game. They really had to, uh, really had to scrape and claw to get that one. And that was kind of the, the, the game where I was like, man, is this team different? Then they go to, you know, they lose to the Colts and they lose to Pittsburgh. I'm like, ah, maybe not. And then, yeah, they've just, they proved me wrong. And they did it to the point uh, on the road a ton. So, yeah, get back at home, you know, get, you know, get, get a fire going, get, get yourself feeling nice and comfortable and just uh, get to work, man. Put that hard hat on. So that's, uh, that's pretty much all I've got on this regular season, which, like I said, uh, probably my favorite or at least among them uh, of my 28 years of life now. Yeah. And final final note, um, I did float out there about 15 minutes for game time. I did start this mustache as a Movember type of thing. Uh, 
was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm vibing with it. And I said, OK, well, you know, if the Ravens lose, I'll take it off. You know, we'll just do that. And they didn't lose until we got to today. So I was kind of like, what do I do? This is like this is a fraudulent game. This is a nothing burger of a game. And uh, the response is, which I'd already made up my mind, but I just kind of want to stir the pot, see what people said. Uh, the responses were, yeah, no, you, you got to keep the mustache going. This game means nothing. And so the mustache is not going anywhere. Okay. We're riding this thing all the way to Vegas. Love it. Yeah, I cut the beard, uh, I think, on Jan 1. You know, just a little, uh, let's start this thing over, see see what we can do with it. So I will not be shaving until the Ravens uh, lose or don't lose. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly see what happens. Not going to get too ahead of ourselves, but uh, this, is, uh, this face will not be touched by a razor of any kind, hopefully, until February. So... We'll see. We'll certainly see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's all we got then. One more time, wanted to uh, give you a chance to go ahead and plug your event on Wednesday Wednesday night, which I hope to be in attendance for. Yeah, Jimmy Seafood uh, with Justin Matabike, where it's a Q&A type of deal, uh, autograph, uh, get a photo with him. But I'll be hosting. I'll be doing maybe half hour, 45 minutes, uh, taking some questions from the crowd. Eric did it with uh, Cal Ripken. I uh, did another one with Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It'll be a good opportunity to get to know, um, you know, a guy who's really come along this season. So I'm fired up for it, and you should come out for it. Tickets are on the website, Jimmy Seafood. Um, great presenting sponsor. They're good friends of ours for a long time. Um, and uh, make a, it's on Wednesday, Wednesday, 7 p.m. I don't know that I said the night. So come on out. There you go. Wednesday, January 10th. Get your tickets, jimmysfamousseafood.com. Check that out. Thanks to them, as always, for being a great presenting sponsor. Anything else? There is, and there there is another one on the pipeline that will be happening as well. So if you can't make it Wednesday, I, I think we got another player lined up for the following week. Yep, so. watch this space. So, yeah, yeah, thanks to them, as always. Thanks to our other sponsors, Fed Thrill. Uh, promo code EXO52. Is that 20% off? 20% off. There you go. And then we've got Black Eyed Susan Spices as well. They've got some fun stuff going on. Hit up their website for some great stuff. Exit 52 for 10% off that. And check out participating Ace Hardware locations to pick their stuff up in person, should you so choose. Thanks again for tuning in after this uh, this weird game. For anyone in attendance at the game, I just wanted to uh, quick salute. Uh, there was no way I was going to make it out there today. I didn't uh, didn't have my uh, free ticket on offer, so I didn't didn't press the issue. I'm sitting in here. I strained my lower back somehow, so I've been hobbling around the house all day. Our water has been turned off because we had a leak, so we're working on that. I haven't showered in like 24 hours at this point, so I've just it's been playing hurt, man. It's been uh, been quite a day for me, but uh, it's okay. Way to gut it out. Way to gut it out. It, yeah, this is my flu game. So, like you said, on to Festivus. It is time. Uh, we're going to have uh, plenty of content in the run-up to that, so be sure to stay tuned to X52 if this is your first time tuning in, or if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube. If you're listening on pods, that's great, too. Go ahead and subscribe there. Leave us a review. Um, we appreciate it. Follow us on social media at X52 Podcast across Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm at Jake Luke. He is at Barstool Banks. Spenny is at Ravens for Dummies. That is the number four. Taylor at Taylor Smith 10 and Eric at E-D-I-T-T-I. 22. Thanks again, guys, and we will talk to you very, very soon.